to the Make Share Grow podcast. I'm artist Julie Marriott, and I created this podcast to share behind the scenes stories of art, craft, and the creative process. Hey guys, this week I'm chatting with painter Stephanie Bales. She lives and creates right here in San Diego, California, and I loved getting to know her in person at our local Rising Tide meetups. Stephanie paints in several different mediums, but in this conversation, we talk in detail about her gorgeous ink transfer paintings. These pieces are so unique, and I couldn't wait to dig into all the details of her process. Part painting and part collage, Stephanie's work draws you in with their soft rainbow of colors, lifelike details, and dreamy landscapes. This is definitely an episode where you want to get a good visual of the art we're talking about, so be sure to pull up Stephanie's work while you're listening. You can find her on Instagram at Stephanie Bales Fine Art, so it's spelled S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-B-A-L-E-S, and then Fine Art. I know you're going to love hearing all about her work, so let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. Hey, Stephanie, thank you for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I am excited to talk about your art. We have met a couple times in person through our local Rising Tide Society group, and I feel like I was following you on Instagram before then, and then was excited when I heard that you were going to show up there. Like, yay, (laughs) to meet another local painter, because I don't know all that many local artists. Um, I feel like my little group is more online. Do you have local people that you, (laughs) other painters? Not very many painters. I'd say like one or or two. I mean, I have a, I'm represented by Adelman. So now I know all of the uh, artists that, you know, are part of the gallery. Um, but outside of that, no, I know one other. So it is a small space for sure. Yeah. And I would love to hear about your gallery experience too. We can get into that a little bit later, but I wanted to start out by just hearing a little bit about your creative story and how did, how did you come about to be making the work that you're making today? Oh man. So the, my story as in how did I become an artist or just how yeah, am I doing the yeah. work? I, Cause that's two very different things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, okay. For me. Well, did but, you ever, have you always been making art? Yeah. So I mean, my mom, my mom, I always like to say, just said I was like born with a crayon in my hand. I mean, it was always something that was very intuitive that, you know, I just, I just kind of was, I suppose. So yeah, it's always been in me. I've always been really creative and really hands-on. And I, you know, it was really kind of fostered throughout my childhood as well, because it was something that I was really um, good at. So I did, um, despite kind of fighting it, I did end up going to, to college and graduating with a BFA degree. I concentrated in painting. Um, So that kind of reinforced that that was definitely a direction that I was going to go. And, you know, I took all the AP classes and whatnot in high school. So it was definitely an interest. And I'm uh, originally from Philadelphia, a suburb. So, you know, come from an area that's very, um, I'd say, slightly aggressive in terms of like your entry to the workforce and careerhood and what that means. So Hmm. uh, I kind of like fought with myself. I was like, very much a good student and a perfectionist. And, you know, this idea of being an artist as a career or as a lifestyle, just, it didn't really resonate with me as something that I could do successfully. So, um, I was really fortunate that I ended up 
you know, going and deciding to just pursue art in school anyway. Uh, and you know, it kind of just like, I felt like all along the way I was just having to fight it. And so I just stopped fighting it and it really, I think worked out. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And then, so as soon as I graduated from college, I moved out here to San Diego. So that was in 2005. Um, and just immediately found my home here. I felt like just the creative spirit in San Diego, despite it not being a major, you know, artistic hub, uh, it was just really, I don't know, encouraging. And my, the response that I would get when I said I was an artist was always overwhelmingly positive versus some of the feedback I had gotten on the East coast. So uh, yeah, it just, you know, kind of grew into what it was. And I just let kind of the world direct me to where I was supposed to be. And uh, now I'm here. That's awesome. So you teach as well, right? Yes. So um, I teach at Platt College, which is a multimedia design school. So all the students there, um, they're primarily doing uh, design and technology um, so animation, web design, graphic design, video production, that sort of thing. Um, but I teach the design theory class and then a number of the GE classes, which are much more like traditional media hands-on based. So a figure drawing class, a fundamentals of animation and clay modeling class, um, and then kind of a myriad of others throughout the years. But I've been there for over 10 years now. So Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It's great. It's great kind of to use that other part of your brain still. Uh, cause you know, being an artist a lot often is such a solo venture. Yeah. That's what I really loved about doing workshops. Um, I started teaching workshops at the beginning of 2017 and it has been really fun to get out and like meet local people and like be able to talk about things, you know, art and things with, um, like people who are actually like in person and everything like that versus like just sort of functioning in the online world and like putting right. your work out. Although you do a gallery, which is definitely in person, which is awesome. So, um, so you make these beautiful paintings that are, um, I think you use something like a photo transfer along with yes. paints. And so it's such a unique beautiful sort of ethereal <laughs> product that you come up with. Um, so have you been doing this style for a while or what kind of brought you into oh, doing this really unique? It's like, it's a really, I almost have to think back and kind of go through my process and how I came here because it, and how I got to this, um, this point, because it, it definitely wasn't necessarily something that I had planned or over, was overly intentional. I had learned about this kind of photo transfer process in college um, did it once on a project and kind of lost it. And then, I mean, years, I mean, lots, obviously years ago, I'd say 10 years ago or something. I just was like, I'm going to start playing around with that again. And I made a painting or two and they were very much like collage like, and they were a lot of levels and they, it definitely wasn't what it is now. Um, but I just thought it was kind of cool. Um, but traditionally I'm an oil painter. I mean, that's what I did, you know, for a long time in college and, and for five years or so after, um, but I kind of always played around with this, um, technique and then integrated it into my paintings. And then I just, it was something that was just kind of play for me. Um, but honestly, the, the major turning point, what kind of pushed me into that direction primarily was when I got pregnant with my son, who's now three, um, you're really not supposed to use the oil paint and the turpentine. It's just toxic. So, um, I kind of was forced to, to switch materials and with the, uh, photo transfer and the acrylic paint, it's water-based and safe. So 
that was really the major impetus to kind of switch gears entirely. Uh, and then through that, um, you know, that year I was pregnant and then the year after, um, and even now, I mean, we live in a condo with my three-year-old. So a lot of those uh, materials are a bit messy and we don't really, you know, have a whole lot of, um, since I work from home now, yeah, a whole lot of place for them. So, um, it's kind of going roundabout now, but yeah, so that was really the, the motivation. And then I just kept kind of playing through with the process and fine tuning it. And, um, I did this one painting. It was the first one I did in the style called twilight. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, and it's new. And again, traditionally I would go out and take photographs and then paint them. Of course you'd enhance them and change color and and whatnot. But this was a way that really led me to be a little bit less linear and a little bit more intuitive with my process. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll get into the actual process a lot further later, but, um, it really just kind of worked to my subconscious rather than the overt, like taking a photograph and then painting it and then you know, it being a very kind of one-to-one translation. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get what you mean. Oh, that's so fascinating. So have you, is this a a relatively new style or have you been at it for a couple years then? No, I mean, I definitely was doing it, um, you know, prior to my son, I'd say five or six years now. Okay. Um, I've, I've done it exclusively for four and a half years. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really my niche now. And now I've developed multiple series with it and it's kind of what I'm known for in the community. So you know how you get your kind of what your, um, yeah, yeah. What's your, your, your visual niche. is, your style. <laughs> yeah. Then that's what people expect. And that's kind of my gallery work as well. So now I'm doing it, but you know, I do really like it. And I think I still am able to push myself with the process that I'm using and the, um, the kind of overall, uh, imagery that I'm, coming up with. So yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So, um, you said you work now from home. I remember seeing some photos where it looked like you had a studio space Were you once in a studio and then moved to home. I did. Um, I did have a studio for a number of years in the brokers building, um, down in, um, the gas lamp area. Okay. So again, um, well, this was a whole nother reason too. We ended up moving when I was nine months pregnant oh, for a wow. year and then came back. So it was a whole thing, but I left the studio and then had my son. Um, and then now, yeah, just with childcare and you know how that goes, um, yeah. haven't made it back to a studio space, but we have a separate room that I have in a kind of my studio set up in our condo. So it works for now. I'm able to get a lot more, you know, time in than I would if I had a separate space. So it's the yeah, goal to get sure. one again, but Yes, that's the, the dream for <laughs> yeah. me, like in the future to have, I work from home too. And, um, it's like right now it is so much better working from home, but someday it's like the dream to have a really big studio where yes. I can just have all kinds of big canvases sitting yeah. around. And- I just want to make a big mess. Like, I, yeah. you know, I lock the door to the room so I can like leave all my stuff out now, which is great. Cause at one point I was literally working at the kitchen table, which is very hard. Yes, um, that is. But now I have my space. It's a disaster because it's small and I have a hundred things in there, but it works. Um, it's my creative mess. So that's awesome. So do you, um, 
have it set up in a certain way that like helps you with your process or I know you said it's a mess, but I'm sure yeah. you have some sort well, of order. <laughs> that you, yes, I do. I mean, yeah. it's really just that I have so much um, like inventory. I have so mm. many paintings and then so many different types of materials because I still do uh, a lot of other mediums, even though, you know, I primarily do this acrylic mixed media process. So um, I just have a big desk that's like facing uh, out the window and I actually have two huge photographer studio lights um, oh, wow. on either side of the desk because light has always been an issue. And our condo gets a lot of light, but at different times of day, it just is not ideal. So um, that allows me to work at any time. And that's been a huge help. But that's probably why it always looks a bit cluttered because it's not a huge room and those lights are huge. So um, that's been a newer addition that I really uh, like. And then, yeah, I just have... Um, I have a couple of my paintings on the walls uh, and I have a couple like inspiration boards, those sorts of things. Um, but I try to keep, despite it being full, I try to keep it, um, as, <laughs> as sparse as I can, if that makes sense. I try not to overwhelm with visuals because I like the space to be like a blank canvas. So there's stacks of paintings, but in terms of the decor, it's, it's quite minimal. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So I would love to hear about your process because I feel like when I start asking you about like materials and tools and stuff, it's not going to really make sense until we hear like about right. your, your painting and your ink transfer process. So would you walk us through how you create a piece and like kind of how you start yes. out and what you, how you work through yeah. it? This was something that I held to my chest for a very long time because I, I pretty much like made it up, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know anyone else who works this way or I haven't seen anything that looks like it. So I was very like, you know, guarded about it. Um, and then I had a hard time talking about it even because it was hard to explain the way I'm working because it's so intuitive. But I'll do my best. I've been practicing. So. Oh, well, thank you for sharing <laughs> um, with us. Yeah. And I know no one will be able to recreate it like you do no, anyway. No, that's not the point. It's just, you know, you go through your battles of, um, you know, people understanding why you mm. do what you do and it, it coming across the way you intend it. I guess I just am always nervous about not explaining it right. But anyway, so I typically start, I just have my blank canvas and I generally, like I did a seascape, um, series. I have an, a landscape series and I primarily do these landscape seascapes, um, with this, uh, with this process, but I typically start with just one concept or inspiration. Sometimes it's literally that I see this kind of ombre fade in a, the back of a magazine advertisement. That's this really pretty like fade from pink to peach or something. And I'm like, I love that. That, that literally will be the inspiration for my painting. Uh, sometimes I will want to do, like I said, a, a beachscape or something with the sea. Um, I'm always really inspired by light and by the sun and kind of the changing um, of the sun in the time of day and how that kind of creates and manifests different landscapes, you know, that change even though they're the same. Um, mm -hmm. So all of my paintings are really inspired by color and by light, but um, sometimes I'll have a specific subject matter. So um, with a beachscape, again, I'm sorry if this is wordy. I'm still working no, on explaining. No, keep going. But yeah. I might even have a photograph that I took at um, the beach one day. And I'll notice a really cool kind of texture that comes in the waves. Um, and I'll take the, the photograph, print it out onto a piece of just regular paper, and then I'll cut out that kind of texture that the waves create. 
um, and I use an ink transfer process where I'm essentially using this acrylic gel medium and I'm putting uh, the, the gel on the face of the the paper where the, the image is. And then I put it face down, almost like you're, you're gluing it or transferring it down onto the canvas. Um, and so that will be kind of the inspiration. Sometimes it's super abstract. Sometimes it'll be something that's, you know, more representational, like a tree or something. Um, and I pull these sources from all over. So sometimes it's photographs I've taken. Like I said, a lot of my inspiration also comes from kind of editorials and fashion. Um, Mm. so sometimes I, I don't use a lot of people in my work, but like this, the landscapes that, um, they're photographed in, or I don't know, there always just seems to be a lot of really interesting visuals there. So sometimes it'll literally be that I'm taking a tiny scrap, um, from, or an excerpt from like a, an editorial advertisement in a magazine. So the sources can come from anywhere. Um, but I just glue that one piece down and then that's the inspiration. And sometimes, like I said, if I do that, I know I'm going to create a seascape for the most part. Um, but sometimes I really have no idea if I put that tree down. I mean, I, it's really just, I follow, um, my kind of gut. It's a very instinctual response. So I have the, the piece of the textured wave down. Um, and then I, peel it off. And sometimes it peels off and transfers very well. So essentially you wet the paper and then I peel the paper off. Okay. Um, And that's a whole, the technique in doing that is very, it took me years to kind of hone that. So I'm skipping those steps, but, um, the transfer process is really crucial. Um, and there's a lot of things that go into that, but, um, sometimes the transfer comes out beautifully. Sometimes it doesn't at all. Sometimes the transfer doesn't work. Maybe the ink was bad if I used a, a piece of a magazine. Um, but then that leads the next piece that I do. So if the transfer was poor or if a lot of the paper kind of ripped up, you might see, um, in some of my paintings that you see these like white spaces and I'll just use those, you know, in, the next couple steps. So I'll say, well, the pieces of those waves, um, you know, came up and now there's this white space. So I'm just going to make that look like it's, you know, the, what do you call it? Like the crashing waves, like the white part of the waves. Mm, yeah. The foam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. To my advantage. So I pretty much create the entire painting like that. So I'll paint around it. I'll kind of smooth it out sometimes. Sometimes I'll, I'll leave the errors. And then I say, okay, what do I respond to? How do I respond to this now? Um, sometimes it's by painting more or continuing that texture. Um, sometimes it's transferring another piece, um, of, you know, uh, or doing another part of the photo transfer. Um, but really the whole painting emerges by me following this kind of one, one piece, um, responding to each piece that I put down. Sorry. No, it's really tedious (laughs) yeah and it's (laughs) challenging because you don't know how it's going to turn out and I've had visions for these paintings um that end up looking nothing like I intended but that's kind of part of the fun of it so I'd say each painting has a mix between like 30 percent to maybe like up to 60 percent of the transfer so if I'm doing something that's a seascape that's all very abstract textural transfers it can be more um, but if I'm doing things that are more representational I try to keep it less so it still has the painterly elements so I'm curious. Okay. So when you're transferring the ink, is it a color copy? Yes. Okay. So the color of your 
photos is going into your painting and then what does it dry with the um, transfer and then you paint on top of it yes so sometimes I'll leave the transfer um, as it is and just leave that ink and then paint like next to it sometimes and usually I paint in and on top of or around it Um, it really just depends on what it is that I'm doing the real art of it is blending the paint with the transfers and the transfers with each other so you can't see any defined line between the transfer and the paint itself so I would say that's the most challenging or where I'd say the kind of the really uh, the technical st- skill comes in is it's really a lot of just color matching and having to get those perfect um, reproductions of the of what the colors on the ink are and the textures of those and being able to blend that into the to the other medias that I'm using. Oh, got it. Okay, so are you like transferring and then painting some and then transferring yes, some more? Exactly. Kind of. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yes, I love. Um, I was looking at some of your ski seascapes and they're just so like mysterious and hazy. And, um, like you said, like you disguise like the beginning of the, you know, the end of the transfer and the beginning of the painting so well that I was like, okay, what part is painted? I I can't wait to see one in person. I need, I know you have at least one in a gallery right now. I need to go see. It is. Um, I know I just was thinking back and I didn't even explain that well because I didn't even get through the end. But um, Oh, keep going. It's, if you're it's, it's such a technical thing. But um, yeah, so really what the, the kind of the overall point besides it leading me to work really kind of intuitively and subconsciously, because um, I don't create any landscapes or seascapes of places that actually exist. Um, I'm sure that they do exist in some way, but people always say they're so you know, they feel nostalgic or they're, they're like, have you, you know, is it, is it this place? Because I've been there and it looks like that. And I pretty much the point is that they're all supposed to seem familiar, but that they aren't location specific. So they could be anywhere and everywhere. Um, so a lot of times, yeah, part of what makes them look so kind of realistic or representational is this photo realistic, those pieces and the transfers that come out. Um, But it's also that I'm kind of pulling from all of these different pieces and places that come together for this like conglomerate of one image in the end. Yeah, yes. You sort of have like this vague familiarity. Yeah. And it's Uh, really fun to watch people kind of go in and look and be like, is that, what is that? They're like, it looks so much like a photograph. And I'm like, well, sort of is. I mean, it's not, (laughs) but it sort of is. And yeah, the ink transfer process itself is really, uh, it's, it's fun, but it's, um, it's definitely, yeah, unique, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And they really strike me as dreamscapes. Like that's kind of what I thought more than like, oh, I could have been there. It's more like, ooh, this feels so like imaginative, you know, because that's totally what you're doing. Yeah. You're like assembling all of these pieces into some imaginary scape. So, um, now I'm curious, like material wise, um, are they canvases? Like, do you want to just share some about like the actual art materials that you're using and any favorite brands or whatever? Cause I know fellow artists are always like super curious. Yes. <laughs> so um, like yeah. what kind of canvases do you use? Do they have tooth to them and all that? Yeah. Um, you know, I've done it on a number of different surfaces. It is primarily canvas and I always use like at least a medium grade, um, canvas. 
So it does have some texture, though I've done it on wood as well that's flat, and um, it, it works just as well. The issue with it being flat is that when you're trying to smooth out, because the medium transfers, and then it's not that the paper is left, but there ends up being a texture. So once you transfer the medium, there's a thickness to it mm-hmm. that I try to level out through a number of different methods, but you try to make it as flat as possible, and that's where a lot of my... Uh, paintings don't have a lot of that kind of thick paint because I'm trying to keep it all smooth. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really about, I mean, you can you, you can use any surface. I like kind of just like a medium grit canvas that doesn't have too much of the perforation, but isn't overly flat because the flat, it's harder to hide the transfer. Got um, it. Okay. And then really, I mean, I, I don't have any particular ties to any particular brands or anything like that. I just I live down the street from Blick, so I just get all of my materials there, and I typically just buy the Blick brand, um, like the, you know, the master grade, I guess, um, the acrylic paints, and um, yeah, it's just a basic like gel medium for the transfer. There's a number of different materials you could use for the transfers, but uh, that's the one that I've used traditionally. So, yeah, materiality. <laughs> that's from right down the street I know. from the art store. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Until you get your annual credit card bill and you see how many Blick charges you have. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So when you're kind of starting out, so you did touch on that a little bit, like, you know, what the initial inspiration will be from like a magazine or something. Do you usually, will you use those? magazine pieces in your, in your work too, that, that ink for magazines will transfer. Uh Some of them (laughs) you don't know, (laughs) but yeah, there's definitely a couple, um, like what was it? I used one, like some texture from like a curtain in a crate and barrel magazine for one of my seascapes. And I was like, it transferred like perfectly. So now I'm always on the hunt for like cool textures or patterns in crate and barrel. (laughs) Uh, Ah. They just use good ink or good paper. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't at all. And you don't know, you know, I don't know what materials they use when they're printing. So I do know it has to be, um, a laser jet, uh, printer. It can't be inkjet. It doesn't work. I've failed with that multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, yeah, it's just a gamble. And I've definitely put pieces down that kind of were supposed to be a really huge part of, my overall, and they just didn't transfer at all. And there's only one of them, especially if you pull it from a magazine. So um, then you just have to kind of go with it. And that's that's kind of where it's fun to work that way because you don't really know how it's going to turn out, you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. It's like um, you just kind of have to follow where the painting leads. Exactly, yeah. So what scale are you working at? Um, so I very, I don't work overly large. I just finished a 24 by 48, um, which was actually really challenging. It's hard at that scale. Cause when you think about when you're using imagery that fits on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, and then I'm taking maybe like a sixth of that, cause I'm not mm-hmm. transferring whole, you know, whole photographs. So it's just like bits and pieces. Um, the scale of the imagery or the textures or whatever it is ends up being quite small. So, um, typically I'd say my favorite size is like a 22 by 28 or like a, um, 24 by 30. That's like my real comfort zone. Mm, um, okay. anything smaller, it just depends on how complicated the imagery is going to be as well. So a basic beachscape I could really do at any scale cause it's so abstract. Um, but anything that has that much more representational 
um, specific landscape material. Uh, it, you end up seeing multiple scenes when I get when it gets larger. So I kind of blends, you know, exactly as you would picture a dream, like when you just kind of move from one phase to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, the paint kind of works that way, and the painting emerges in a way that there's multiple stories being told rather than just like one scene, I guess. Um, yeah, if that makes I sense. remember this, there was one with snow and a buffalo. Yes, that's the one um, I was just talking about. That yes. was quite large and was a challenge for sure. It took me a couple months to do that Wow. One. Yes. Okay. So now knowing like that there are all these small pieces, that totally yeah. makes sense that that would be so challenging to get them large yeah. scale. Um. So what would you say, like, what is the most fun part of your whole creative process? Do you think, um, what do you just kind of lose yourself in and, um, yeah, well, I just, I mean, I just love to paint. Like I could sit and, and, you know, with a paintbrush, like the transfer part is fine. It's not like that's overly fun. It's just technical, but I love just like the brush, um, and for me, I've, because I'm so inspired by color, I really love the art of that kind of color mixing and trying to color match, I guess. So that's really fun. Um, I, the most fun is just seeing the overall image that emerges, though, because like I said, I typically don't know what it's going to look like. And so when I get halfway or three quarters of the way through the painting and there's this kind of visual that's formed, that's super exciting because then I, um, you know, it's like I, a story was told and I'm telling it, but I didn't know what it was until it happened. So Ooh, that's uh, beautiful. I, I, I get like a, yeah, I get like a glimpse into my own, I always call it my, my subconscious, but um, like what emerges because I don't have a plan for it usually. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have like, like you said, a subconscious, like they have like an inner world kind of feeling yes. to it. Like they're mm-hmm. like an emotional landscape or something like yeah, that. It is really personal. Um, but I always talk, if you read my mission statement, artist statement, which is really old now, but I always (laughs) was really interested in this idea of the collective subconscious where we kind of all have these like similar things that we see and experience and reference, um, even though all of our histories and our environments are so different, there's like this weird commonality, um, that just, when it comes to something visual or this, it's like the same thing with music, I guess, you know, music makes you feel something beyond what you can really explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that idea. Uh, and I kind of worked to that a little bit too, after I got the feedback so much about, um, my paintings referencing daydreams, I kind of really pushed that in that direction. Cause I loved that response. That's awesome. I don't know so what would your question actually? Oh, oh no, no, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just what, yeah, what you really enjoyed. So what is like the hardest thing about your process, would you say, or like the most oh, frustrating thing? You can't <laughs> rush it. Um, like there's just no, you can't rush it because you, there's no way that you can force any of the steps to work. You can't force this image to or this kind of overall to emerge before it's ready to, or before the pieces come together, I will sometimes spend three hours just flipping through my photographs, flipping through magazines, just kind of looking for something to grab me that says this is going to be next. Um, So that can be really hard because I'll spend a lot of time sitting in front of my painting and doing nothing because concepting it is so hard. Mm. Um, So that can get frustrating, especially when I have deadlines for the gallery or, 
I have a client who just um, hired me for a commission and she's literally leaving the country on Wednesday. So I'm like, I have to have it done. And it's just really hard when you're in a place where you just, you know, sometimes you just get stuck and there's just no way that hours are going to help. It's just about finding that thing that clicks and that, you know, is next. So that can be frustrating for sure. Yeah. Do they have a lot of dry time in between your layers or is it pretty snappy? It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, the ink transfers take like at least a half hour. They should to dry. Sometimes if I don't want the transfer to be perfect, which I do intentionally often, um, I will kind of remove the paper and kind of peel it up too soon. And that will, Mm. that will, you know, make the transfer imperfect, which then I can play with. Um, but yeah, I'd say it takes at least a half an hour once I put the transfer down. And again, you have to wait for that to dry and to peel it up before you can add anything else. Cause you have to see what it, you know, if it worked or what it looks like, how it transferred. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. I love hearing all of the details and yeah. how that goes. Cause it's like, you know, you look at something and then you kind of try to guess how it's made. Yeah. I love like hearing all like the yeah. step by step. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So how do you feel like you have honed in on your artistic voice? I know this is like a super broad question, but I know a lot of artists struggle with that or struggle with the idea of yeah. having artistic voice. Like, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, it's interesting because I feel like, of course, as artists, we create a voice, maybe unintentionally without knowing it. It just speaks, you know, it's just how we speak. Um, but I really take the feedback that I get from other people about what they say about the work that I do. Um, and I reflect on that. And I think that really helps me to understand what I'm doing outside of my own kind of headspace. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, this happens frequently where people like on social media or something will see a photograph of a landscape or a seascape and be like, this reminded me of one of your paintings. And that is like the best compliment because it's an actual, you know, it's, it's somewhere and it's a thing and it's obviously beautiful. So, um, I guess when I reflect back on that, my voice, and again, it really comes from my inspiration and it's really about the, uh, the feeling that you get from my paintings. Um, I do a very soft but very colorful palette, which helps to kind of give that ethereal and then also somewhat feminine um, vibe, I guess. I That's something that's been kind of nurtured more and more lately and hasn't really been intentional, but I've realized has happened. Um, my voice is becoming more and more feminine, um, which I don't really know where that stemmed from, but I kind of like <laughs> maybe just mm. the the new, you know, pink trends. <laughs> I always that. love some good I don't pink. know. I was never big into pink, but I see it coming, popping up in my landscapes all the time now. Um, so yeah, I really think, I mean, the process is the first thing, but it's really just the inspiration. Like I'm so inspired by color. Uh, and I, the light is the subject in all of my painting. So regardless of it being a seascape or a landscape or of this kind of dreamscape, it's really the light that I'm interested in. So I think that's recognizable. Um, my color palette that is reflecting again, the light that is what I'm studying. That's beautiful. So what is some, uh, some of the things that um, keep you really interested in doing your work or new avenues? Like how do you um, get ideas or what sorts of things make you think um, like, Oh, this is a new series. This is a new direction yeah. I could take to kind of keep it fresh. 
Um, I know that's hard. Um, it's, that's never really been hard for me. I've always just been super inspired. I feel like my issue now is that I have too many ideas and not enough time. (laughs) So, I mean, I think just when you think about, you know, a lot of my work references the Southern California landscape, which is where I live. So I'm literally, every time I go outside, I'm like, I want to paint this, like that's inspiring. This is beautiful. Um, I'm just really inspired by the, the landscape. Um, even though, which is funny cause I live in little Italy, which is, you know, urban, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we still see the water, but yeah, I just, I really am inspired by, um, by being outside, I guess. And, um, when I think about my series, I really, it always comes down to forms. So, uh, I think you probably saw that I'm going to hopefully once all these commissions get, um, completed, going to start a desert series. Um, yes. I, tell me about that. Yes. Well, I really, really loved the beachscapes and seascape series because again, they're a little bit more abstract and less specific in terms of, you know, when you're doing a landscape, there's a tree. It's hard to make that as abstract as like waves are. So mm-hmm. I really just pushed the beachscapes as I feel like as far as I could go where I wasn't really doing anything that was overly new. It was just kind of variations of the same thing. So I was trying to think of another landscape form that would be similar and allow for that kind of leniency um, with the mark making. And so that's where the desert came in because it's a totally different color palette, but it's, I almost think of like the sand dunes and the hills being very similar to waves. And that's something that I really was like really loved and did for a couple of years was those seascape paintings. So it really was just a, what can I do of an, as a, that's an offshoot from the seascape painting that's going to be similar in process, um, but will look different. So that's where that came from. Yeah. And I just really wanted an excuse to go to the desert also (laughs) to take photos. (laughs) That helped. Yeah. Okay. So are you incorporating more of your own photographs in these ones too? Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. We took a three-day trip and drove up through Borrego Springs and then Palm Desert and Palm Springs. And I took like 900 photographs, I think. So I have a lot to work with now and I just am dying to get started, but I have, uh, you know, deadlines and things that have been getting in the way first, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I can't wait to see those. I know you shared one that was sort of the, like, let's try this out and see how it goes one. And yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. So I can't wait to see more. Um, so tell me a little bit before we go into our sort of final questions here. I um, am curious just about your experience working with a gallery and sort of what the behind the scenes looks like with that. How has that been going? Um, it's, I mean, it's been great. I think the gallery world is tough because especially when you're in San Diego, which is not a major artistic hub, um, there's very limited opportunity to show in a gallery. Um, and often the galleries are either you know, galleries of the owner's work, or, um, there are very specific genre of work that if you don't fit into, obviously you would not be, you know, you wouldn't ever show there. So, um, it's really the gallery relationship is just one that's kind of like being a friend, like would this person be fit into your friend circle well, or into your space well. Um, so it's kind of like that. So I, uh, the first gallery I ever showed with in San Diego was Sparks Gallery downtown. Um, and Sonia's awesome and they show like such a wide range of, of work. There's just artists from like every niche, um, which is really cool. But 
Um, I ended up um, a couple years later um, being signed on, and I'm now exclusive with Adelman Fine Art, uh, which is in Little Italy. Um, and it is a gallery that is uh, run, but it's family owned. It's run by a mom and her uh, two daughters. And um, it's primarily female artists, and um, the couple men are, I'd say, ninety percent are like underrepresented um, or minority artists. So it's really a great space for that because I think that you know in art history you hear about all the you know old white men. That's just the way it exists in in most creative fields. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Adelman is really great. It's like I said, mostly women. We all have very kind of colorful, um, colorful representational for the most part um, uh, paintings or that are very recognizable um, in terms of style. And they're just great because it's a small boutique gallery. I think sometimes you can get, you know, can get very political uh, the same way that any institution would. But this gallery is just really small and it's family run and. Um, I think that really shows in the relationships that we have, um, you know, amongst the other artists and then with the gallery owners as well. So it's been, it's been wonderful. They're just, it's great to have someone, you know, else supporting you and your work in that way. Do you do, um, or have like a calendar with them where you have to keep putting work into the gallery or how does that run? I mean, I pretty much always show. So if you, when, it's yeah, they're primarily just group shows. So, um, they're, I think every two months or so the, um, there's a new show with a new theme and then you have work that has to fit that theme and it's not super restrictive. Um, you know, the current show is flora and fauna. So anything that would fit within that genre, um, you could show there. So no, there's no specific, like you need to have five paintings a month for this or this. It's really just, you know, if you don't have, five paintings for the show, then we'll just put the two that you do have. Um, and then occasionally they do like smaller shows with a couple of the artists. And I think once or twice they've done a solo show for some of their like longer standing artists, but, um, yeah, it's really just you, you kind of apply to the show the same way that you would any other gallery you weren't with. Um, and they just select the works that they think would best fit. Uh, the overall collection that they're going to have on display. Oh, got it. Okay. Oh, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always curious about that because I've never done, worked with a gallery. And so it's always curious to. um, Yeah. Every gallery relationship is so different though. So Mm -hmm. I have no idea, um, you know, with, with others, if it would be the same at all, but uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what happens. Awesome. Yeah. That I'm glad that you have such a positive thing going on. That's fantastic. Um, okay. So I'm going to move into our final three questions here. So would you, um, mind sharing a recent struggle in your creative practice and also a recent triumph? They can be little or big. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't, oh, this is hard. Cause there's like so many in both, in both ends. Um, I mean, I think the struggle really is just like, I have a, you know, I teach part-time I'm technically an artist full-time. Like I have 40 hours worth of work to do and I have a three-year-old and a husband. So it's really just like having all of this creative energy and not being able to put it all out. That is really hard for me, um, because it gets frustrating that I just don't have time, um, to do what I'm inspired to do. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I think that's like the best problem to have. You know, I'm so blessed to be able to do this and to have all the things and that I do. So, you know, on the day to day, it's hard because I want to spend eight hours in my studio and I only have like two on good days. So, you know, it depends, but I think that's definitely the hardest thing is just not having enough time or not knowing how to kind of navigate that, that space of having so many different things and, and jobs. Um, yeah. Do you have like certain days that are like your painting days or, um, no, I try to paint every day. Um, I mean, my son is in preschool, um, part-time a couple days a week. So I try to make, you know, he's in there three days a week. So the two of the three days, I try to make sure I don't schedule anything. There's no coffee dates, um, or like appointments. Um, of course, when I'm not working every morning, Mm -hmm. but, um, I try to just at least designate two of those days to just working in my studio. Um, but you know, life happens. It's, it's, it's never consistent. That's what I tell myself I'm going to do. And then during nap time, I mean, I'm sure, you know, about the precious nap time, (laughs) my (laughs) friends are all surprised. My three-year-old still takes naps and I'm like, he has no choice. He has, there's no way I could get through the day without him taking a nap. Oh yeah. My three-year-old does too. (laughs) Oh good. Yeah. So as long as he will, he's going to. So, um, and then really just, I mean, the same thing we talked about too, I would just love to have a huge space to just make a big mess in Um, because it's hard to be fully, you know, kind of in the process when you're cramped. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm fortunate enough. We have an extra space for me to work in and to just like that, just be my space, but it's still not nearly as expansive as I would like it to be. So I definitely crave because my work is so tedious being able to just like get a huge canvas and paintbrush and just like go at it. But one of these days. Ooh, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have, so try, yeah, try oh, that's why I was just going to remind you. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Forget about the good stuff. Um, man, I do have, I feel like I have a lot of great things that have been happening. You know, I, um, my goal last year, I kind of try to set like intentions and things that I want to accomplish in my career or whatever. Um, is I, the year prior, I had finally had this exclusive, um, representation by the gallery, which was always kind of in my idea, like you've made it now, like you've ne- you're now officially a legitimate artist cause you're with this gallery. Mm-hmm. And for some reason in my head that that was like what I was telling myself. Um, but then I realized that I'm just su- such a social person and that that wasn't feeling as fulfilling as I thought it would be like just wanting to go purely the gallery route. So I decided I just wanted to get more active in the community and try to do more collaborative projects and just see if I could kind of expand out of this like niche space I was in. Um, Cause you get put in a box again, because my gallery work is one thing and you represented in one way and as one thing, um, but I could do so much more. So um, this past like month, I would say I just had a bunch of different opportunities that have been really great. Um, I just finished a mural up in Flower Hill Mall, um, which was the first mural that I've done, but was a really amazing just to change my scale. Um, and then I'm also working on, um, the backdrop for the runway of fashion week, San Diego, uh, which is exciting. So I, you know, it's really my triumphs are getting these opportunities to do things out of outside of my studio, I guess I would say like outside of my 
kind of niche work because I feel sometimes it's just limiting because I want to do, you know, I love the the niche that I found, but I also feel like I have so many other things to express. So um, that's exciting. But the biggest one um, is this was actually just released last night, but I just did um, worked on a, re, not a rebrand, but sort of for um, the uh, Balboa Parks um, 150th anniversary um their 150th anniversary, they're doing a huge celebration. And I um, had the opportunity to create um, working again, an art directed as uh, by a, a graphic company. Um, but I got the opportunity to create the essentially like the mark that's going to represent the whole 150th anniversary of Balboa Park. Wow. So how exciting. That, yeah. For me, it was just a totally different scale, something that's very public. Um, and it was really challenging because, you know, I'm, you're working with graphic designers. It's a very different process. Um, but that was like, yeah, very exciting uh, for me to be able to have the opportunity to do that sort of work. That's so cool. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I'm like getting more work is the triumph. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like, I, I know as artists, we're like multi-passionate. So it's fun to like exactly. dip into different areas and still sort of have like your niche, but then you can like try different things. The hard thing is like yes. knowing what things to try and what things are like rabbit trails. I always right. find. Exactly. And then, yeah, also being like, what's going to be good? Like what's worthwhile for your time to do, you know, as a promotional, um, yes project or what is something that you should be getting paid for that's of course that's probably my the biggest struggle as well you know there's a reason why they call us our starving artists so <laughs> if we <laughs> if totally we let different. them starve us yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we let them so that's always another thing but Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's so exciting. I will go check yeah. that out and I will put that in the show notes too. A link to that. Oh, awesome. Park stuff. Um, so uh, my next question is, um, if you could own a piece by any contemporary artist or maker, who would you choose? Yeah, this is really hard. Um, because you I knew you were going to ask this question <laughs> because it's always one. Like I still remember anyway, I won't go back to that story. I like to go on tangents. Um, <laughs> That's all right. You, know, you can do multiple if you want to. <laughs> I, it's, it's interesting. I'm very inspired by photographs because I think part of my process, like I like the bits and pieces. So I think I would just maybe, um, choose a photographer. I really love the work of Gray Malin. I think that's how you pronounce him. Um, mm -hmm. He does a lot of really like aerial um, beatscapes, like very um, you know, vacation like uh, with the same color palette that I use, very soft. Um, Ooh, that sounds really he's, cool. He's someone that comes to mind. I think that would be really neat. I mean, it's not even inaccessible. I could probably just buy one, but <laughs> um, I, in terms, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I follow a lot of other artists on social media and that sort of thing, but there's not one like huge standout that I'm like, that would be a dream, like that one person. I'm very much a traditionalist um, when it comes to to artists at this point. Like I, despite it being cliche, I would love a Degas ballerina mm. painting. So it's not contemporary, obviously, but like that would be my dream. If I could pick one painting, I would have a Degas ballerina painting. Oh my goodness. Um, Send me one too. I'll take yes. one. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Awesome. We already touched a little bit what you're working on. Um, I know I skipped ahead. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fine with your desert series. Um, when is that? When do you think um, that you'll be kind of starting to work on that? Um, you know, my next design class that I teach starts next week. So I'm teaching every day, which will limit my painting time. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm guessing, you know, I the fashion week um, and the commission I'm working on, those pieces are both um, going to be completed by mid April. So I'm thinking right after that mid April, and then I'm, I'm sure by May I'll have some headway into it. Awesome. Um, we'll keep yeah, our hopefully. That. Yes. I'm excited. I know. To I'm as excited to get started. Oh, yay. I know. I know what it's like to have like a creative idea, like cooking in your brain and you're just waiting for like I'm the calendar space. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am. I'm waiting to make some big paintings <laughs> as soon, as soon as I can. I have all those canvases like stacked in my house yes. behind doors and under the bed <laughs> and just waiting to get going on a project. So that's super exciting. So we'll look out for those. So, oh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your work. It was really interesting hearing about the process. And so, um, yeah, I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you again, Stephanie, for sharing with us today. And I have an exciting update to the show. Since we recorded this episode, Stephanie has stepped down from her teaching job to go full-time into making her artwork. She's also just opened her own studio and gallery space here in San Diego in Little Italy, which is so exciting. If you're ever in the area, be sure to visit her. Her studio info is linked up in the show notes. You can find Stephanie's website and all of the art materials, resources, and artists we mentioned in the episode in the show notes at juliemarriottart.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. If you have been enjoying the show, would you take a minute to leave a little rating and review on iTunes? It's super easy within the iTunes app to do that, and it really helps more listeners be able to find the show. Also, if you have an artist or creative friend, would you share the show with them? I would love to reach even more creative people with um, the information that I'm sharing here and the artists and their stories. And um, if you could send them an email with an episode or share it in another way or tag them in one of my podcast posts on Instagram, that would mean so much. And I would love to get to know them. So until next time, guys, I hope you'll continue in your own unique way to make, share, and grow. Thanks for listening to Make, Share, Grow. You can keep up with the podcast and my artwork on my website, juliemarriottart.com, and on Instagram at juliemarriottart.com.